Welcome to the Microsoft 365 Developer Podcast with your hosts, Jeremy Thake and Paul Schaeflein. Each week, you'll catch us speaking to expert developers about new tech, lessons learned, and opinions in this space. So this week on the podcast, I'm delighted to be joined by a couple of devs here in, what town are we in? Just Dusseldorf, Germany, yes, Germany, at the Collab Summit. I'm with Waldeck Mastercars and Gary Trinder. Hey folks, how are you guys doing? Very well. How are you? Uh, doing great. Doing good, Paul. So that first voice you heard was Gary. You've never been on the podcast before. Tell us a little bit oh, about I yourself. I have. I have, Paul. With me? Yeah, we see? talked about containers. Uh, look, uh, well, see, see I, I don't really care about containers, Whoa. so that's probably why. <laughs> so, so my apologies. <laughs> <laughs> my apologies, but reintroduce yourself if you would. Uh, so folks. my name is Gary Trinder. I am a cloud developer advocate at Microsoft. I'm focused on Microsoft 365 and I'm based in the UK. And Waldeck? For yes. those who don't remember who you are. Yeah, exactly. So I am also an M365 Dev Advocate, the same team as Gary. I live in the Netherlands and we've known each other for years. Quite a long time indeed, indeed. In fact, the, the inspiration for this week's talk was I saw Waldeck's face on a post about the- Not again. About, <laughs> was yes. that wanted? <laughs> Dead or alive. <laughs> um, but you were discussing the Office or the M365 developer proxy. I probably have the wrong name. You'll fix that. So, and I said, hey, let's talk about the developer proxy. And Waldeck said, sure, but we got to get Gary on because he knows everything there is ever to know about developer proxies. See what I did there? So, <laughs> proxies. So, first of all, correct me, correct my understanding of what this thing is called and what is it for? Uh, so, well, it's called Microsoft Graph Developer Proxy. Uh, and really, it's there as a, I guess, an assistant for you as a developer to um, test your application, really. So, uh, Things like you know testing uh, how your application operates under kind of scenarios like throwing um, to make it really easy so that you can effectively flick a button and kind of go oh okay now my app is effectively being throttled how does it function does it function at all you know am I displaying uh, you know nice messages to the user or are they just going to get frustrated and just hit F five even more right um, yeah. is this thing on is this thing on yeah exactly <laughs> yeah well so you know so. I haven't loaded the, the the proxy yet, and and you mentioned throttling. So for me, it's like, well, I use the SDK the way I'm supposed to. It has a built-in handler. It does retries. Why do I care if I'm being throttled? Won't it just automatically work for me? Well, yes, because you're using the SDK. That is one of the benefits, right? Uh, there's, you know handling 429 errors these you know they they happen sometimes they you know you're developing on your dev box right it's always going to work but you get that into production actually under load people are using it in a real life scenario you know it's really difficult to understand you know how if that is how it's going to going to operate so yeah if you want to you know write all that code yourself uh, <laughs> handle the retries and the backoffs and and everything it's it's not trivial Right, it's a yeah. lot of code, yeah. Um, and yeah, you're right. The SDK is is handling that for you, and you know that's one of the things that the, the proxy will do as well. So it'll actually detect if you're using the SDK or not. If you're just you know doing HTTP requests to the uh, to to the graph and you're not using the SDK, we'll give you some guidance as well. Maybe you want to, and you may want to look hey, into this. Hey, I'm seeing that you're trying to call the API. <laughs> would, would you like to do this? Clippy <laughs> <laughs> lives on. <laughs> um, so, so does it give me the same response that the service would give me? It can do. So, um, so we can just throw back a, a 429 uh, as the, the status code, or we can go in. You know, you can go deeper, and you can uh, you can. Uh, basically generate the responses for how you want. So uh, obviously the, the graph will respond in a particular way. Um, 
But one of the things that the proxy also does is if you're not calling the graph, let's say you're calling another API, it could be a custom API, it could be SharePoint API, right? You might want to have different uh, error responses for that 429, uh, you know, APIs out all act differently. Some APIs return three different types of 429s. Um, <laughs> and that's real. And you know, you want to be able to have that that level of uh, of, of detail from the proxy. Yeah, the thing that's popping in my brain is if I have error handling code, am I handling it right? And to your point about how does the mm -hmm. user see it, right? Do I log correctly? Do I show, right? So I yeah. can make those up if I want, or mm -hmm. I guess my question is, do I need to go make up those error responses or has someone already done that for me calling, hey, graph, what are you, what, when something goes wrong, what do you say? And I'll put this in the proxy. That's kind of where I'm going, right? So how much work as a developer do I need to do to set up these failure scenarios or how much comes with out of the box? So it's very little. Um, so we have presets for graph uh, already. Um, so if you're you're using graph, you know, most of the work is done there. Like say we support 429s, even 500s as well, uh, different error status codes. So, you know, if you're, if you're building on graph, you're, you're kind of covered. Obviously, if it's custom API yeah. that you're calling, yeah. then you, you set that up yourself. Well, you should know what your own errors are by that point. Well, exactly. <laughs> in theory, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's practice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. I mean, the, one of the really interesting things that we found when we were kind of looking at, you know, proxy as a, as a tool for, for handling errors is really the lack of documentation around handling errors. I think that was really interesting to see is that, you know, you go to API documentation, it's all about... I want to get data and here's the response. What happens if there's an error? You might have like a little paragraph going, well, we throw this kind of error, but you know, it's, it's not in great detail. And you end up having to kind of do a little bit of work yourself anyway. So it's quite good to be able to go, okay, we've had that error, I've captured it, I'll put that into the proxy. And then you've got it, just go, you know, turn it on and it's there and available uh, to you as well. So. Excellent. Excellent. So now you said it's other API is not just graph, which means it applies it's not something I call to get this to work. So if I'm a developer, how do I get started? Where does it run? How do I do something with it? Or do you start? So we've got guidance, right? That takes you from the very first part, like how do you, you acquire it? How do you install it? Set it up. Uh, if you want to use it again with graph, turn it on and it works. If you want to use with SharePoint API, turn it on and it works. If you have your own API, well, you need to tell proxy what that API is, what is the URL, what are the paths that, that you want to uh, proxy to intercept. And you can put in a wildcard, you can put in the full URL, so you can go about it in any way. But basically you need to express what is it that you want it to do. And then when it sees a URL, do you want it to respond with a um, pre-can response, like, like a mock? Do you want it to, re to respond with an exact error? Or do you want to just throw a random error with a chance of, hey, I'm doing this call and I want a ratio of all, like seven out of 10, or I want 70% chance that a call might fail, okay. right? So basically you are in, in a driver's seat, be, being like expressing basically the same way as you would go about tests, assuming you would go about tests, right? Like if you were to test your colleague, imagine you wake up this one day and you have this, this weird idea, like I'm gonna test my colleague if it actually works. Like you would need this to express, crazy talk. yeah, like what? Who on earth does that, right? Uh, you would need to be, basically be able to express like what is it that you wanna test? And then you will you you will put that in config, and the moment, the moment you run it, it will it will go exactly following the step you wanted to to do, right? And it's like um, as Gary said, we're doing in proxy. We do few areas, right? So things like um, uh, sim simulating um, errors, because if there's anything like if you own an own an API, you could in theory make it fail. 
Like you can go to your code, like debug, go do do this instead of that. You don't have that ability with any cloud API, right? Right. So basically, on uh, like you cannot break graph intentionally. It's, yeah. Or at least it's very hard. <laughs> it right? wouldn't be worth its money if I could, right? <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so basically, we try to give you the ability to, to do exactly that, to see how your app is going to run. If the code you put to handle errors, does it actually work? And does right. it work the way you, you want it to? Exactly. Because otherwise, it's very hard. Like You can only assume, but there's no way for you to actually test it. Exactly. So now when I hear proxy, I, I flash back to the days when I have to go into the Windows network settings and configure something and make sure my network admin is done. Whatever. So what does this mean as a developer? You say I can inst install and configure it. What do I have? As, as a developer on Windows, you press, uh, you, you run it. So that is a command line tool. You okay. run it and it works. You don't need, like on Windows, you don't need, need to do anything. So this is a really cool thing about Windows that it, it allows us to auto-attach it as or define it as a system-wide wide proxy on your box. And, and with that, think Fiddler. Okay. Or Windows so, Terminal, run it. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, the Visual like, Studio, press right. F5, and I'm exactly. on my way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. On Mac, you will need to go to the, the settings, and after you run the command line tool, you will need to pass in the URL, the local host URL, with the right port on it, so that all traffic goes through the proxy. And I mean, you can do it system-wide, or you can just say, I only want to intercept call from the browser or from this thing that I run on my box now. And it can run with Node, PowerShell. Basically, we don't care about the language in which you wrote the app or the, the runtime that you use. Like, because it is a proxy thing. So at the end of the day, like we sit on, on the network stack. So that, so that makes it a really great tool for you to use whenever you want to debug anything from a PowerShell script to a C-sharp app to a Node server, whatever you, you have. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Yeah, and then that working at the network level, you know, you don't have to amend any of your code. You just run it, see how it reacts. And I think that's the beauty as well, because it's, you know, really you could use this to test anything in the web browser as well. It's it's quite interesting. It's like, oh, should I run it against this and see how it handles it? And and yeah, it's 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 interesting. I think one of the things as well is that obviously the proxy is going to be intercepting and then passing through all of the traffic that's on your um, machine. But we do have the ability to uh, basically filter that out as well. So if you want to say, you know, I, I want to just um, intercept requests from Edge, for example, or a particular process, then we've added that in as well. So you can kind of fine tune it because, okay. you know, we've, we found OneDrive's running there. And oh, it's calling SharePoint. You're like, oh, yeah, exactly. And everything just goes down. And you're like, what's yeah. going on? Oh, yeah, proxy's on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't encourage this, but it's a great way to be quiet uh, on Teams for a while. It's like, I'm, I'm just, oh, I forgot, you know. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I was debugging. I was debugging. Yeah. <laughs> I lost track of my sack. There you go. Dev, life, <laughs> life hacks right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, it, it seems to me that you wouldn't just do a, a proxy to pretend failure. There's got to be more features to it than just pretend there's a failure. What else do I get when I use the proxy? You've got mocking. Um, we, we mentioned uh, that. So, you know, if you just want to, you know, maybe you're thinking, oh, I'm going to build an Azure function, but I want to go to the level of, of doing all the implementation, but I know what my response is going to be, right? So mm -hmm. actually, I might just mock out that response and use the, the proxy as, as that kind of quick way of, uh, of, of making those calls defining your responses mm -hmm. and, and coming back. Like if I go to Graph Explorer and copy the output and paste it yes. in a configuration. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is really cool for things like like even on Graph. Like imagine you have, you have APIs that are time bound, like insights. 
Mm. Imagine you you have a demo for a customer. In order for these insights to show something, you're gonna do what? Click around, okay, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's not something you wanna do every day, right? So you either need to have a script that will do, do that, or you enter a mock, you, uh, you do it once, you capture the response, do it as, as a mock, and from that point on, the moment you pass the request, through proxy, you always get the consistent re response that you that, want. Yeah, that's great. So Use that, case. that yeah. demo is actually uh, yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and alongside that, I mean, I, I mentioned it briefly. We've got guidance in there as well. So we talked about the the, the graph SDK as as well. The benefits that obviously it provides but there's additional things like you know calling the graph and not using the, the select uh query parameters like if you use that we will show up a, a warning and obviously you don't want to do that you want okay. to be working efficient. so i'm sure almost everyone listening and paul included is not doing select all the time so what does that really mean right what what, what do you what do you mean about that get get the data that you need not everything right but, you know, less going um, backwards and forwards over the wire as well you're you know you're going to be it's going to be faster. There's going to be less data that's moving. You know, in terms of the resources that it's using, it's going to be less, less chance of throttling, right? Um, so, you know, it's one of those things that it's easy to forget. But actually, sometimes you just need that reminder. And um, the other thing is because you know we see proxy as you're just developing normally and uh, as you would do, but it's just sat there going, hey. Have you thought about this? Maybe you need to change that. And it's a nice prompt. And, and one of the things like that we want to do for, for proxy and we've in, looked into it is um, using this in CICD as well and, and then potentially having quality gates so that you could go, right, well, here's the rule. If, if it throws a warning, we're not going to commit that code and you know, make sure that your, your quality stays high as well. Um, mm -hmm. So that's... Yeah, and also on top, we have, we have some other things too. Like, like for example, uh, paging links. You know, like, are you paging through the results in the right way? In other words, are you trying to make up the paging URLs by yourself? Like, I'm going to guess, like, so if page one starts on one, page two is going to start on 11 with 10 items per page. Well, that's not always the case, <laughs> right? So we, we also check that, that if you use a paging URL, that you use the URLs that came before along that that you got from the api as opposed to you're trying to be uh, be be clever about it and computing like these uh the URLs by yourself and then another thing that we are about to add we're recording that on which day is it today may 23 something like that yes, yeah. yeah so really soon we will have a new feature actually two of them like one is uh, related to caching, right so if we see that you are calling the same api in a span of time let's say three seconds, five, whatever you want it to be, we warn you like, hey, how about you cache the data because you're calling that thing again and again and, and again. So basically helping you think about things that will help you build a better experience for the customers, right? Mm -hmm. So one, another one, and that's really, really cool. Like one of the, the hardest thing that many developers say is what? Auth. Scopes. Well, well, I don't think so. Other than right, like, like we know there are exceptions, Paul. <laughs> like you are, and I guess like three, three of us here are like, yes, like we wake up to 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 do all, and we love it in a way. Very good. Okay, two, make it two of us. Perfect. Like we learned it too. <laughs> right, but one thing that we want to do. Uh, to help folks with is finding out which minimal scopes do they need given a series of calls, for example, to Microsoft Graph, right? So imagine you build an app and that app does, does several things like uh, getting info about the user, getting their upcoming meetings, and maybe the emails that they got. 
which minimal scopes do you need to call these three APIs, to, to issue these three calls? I mean, you can go to the docs and try to find out by yourself and maybe you will do it right, maybe you won't. But we, will, we, we want to add the ability for you to basically, to basically route your app through the, the proxy so that we can intercept these calls. And then based on that, we will say, like, hey, for these three calls that we've seen coming along, you will need these scopes. You add them, and that's kind of the guarantee that you use minimal scopes, nothing more, nothing less. Which I, every even people who think auth is easy should be doing that, right? I mean, let, let's let's be fair. Why take a risk for getting data we don't need? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's you know everyone's got security concerns. Everyone wants to make sure that you know everything's tightened up as much as possible. It's not always the the easiest thing to to do. So again, you know, having that guidance, having something in in your tooling just to kind of do that for you. Again, whilst you're developing, it's it, it, we. We want to have this as an experience where you don't have to just stop and then go, oh, you know, I'm going to have to spend the next 30 minutes in the docs and really, oh, what, you know, it, yeah. you know it's, it's, it's difficult. We've already got that information. Let's, let's, let's make it easy for you. Um, so that, that's generally, you know, again, where we see the proxy as, as, a, as, as a dev tool. Um, but even like outside of development, testers could easily use this as well, right? For, yeah. for their scenarios of just, okay, Let's break stuff, um, and it's a great way of uh, of, of doing that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was chatting with Waldeck a little bit before we started. So I'll loop you in now, right? So if I'm thinking through, I'm a developer, and I know I have this task, and I'm making these calls, mm -hmm. and and that's great. But obviously, my app, if it's deployed in my tenant, it's a Teams app, it's a whatever. The usage pattern is going to be somewhat different than what the dev thinks through this happy path, right? Yes. So. How do I get this to run in my test environment? Do I have to, I, assuming now I need to be able to run the command line, but I want to think, is there a way or do you, or here's a PR or an issue. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> what can I do to have it run in a scenario that's not my machine to help me understand what's happening, right? Obviously I can log and look through the logs, but if you're telling me I should cache. Yeah, I mean, it's back to when we were saying before, like I use proxy against systems that I've, I've no access to. It's just over the network. I don't, yeah. I don't need that level of access. I'm just looking at the network network requests. So you don't need that deep level of, oh, you know, as long as you've got access to, to see the, uh, you know, the actual requests go over the wire, mm -hmm. um, then proxy is going to do its job. So. Yeah. Yeah. And one other feature request for you, right? So uh, I, I, this is, might be a unique scenario for me, right? But, but I'm an ISV and we have different products and I try to align admin consent with our product. Okay. Because you bought X, why yeah. am I consenting something else, yeah. right? And so when you get a new developer or developers up late or whatever, and I, oh, I borrow some code. I, I do copy-paste inheritance, right? Well, next thing you know, <laughs> or copilot. <laughs> and next thing you know, perhaps I am, I'm using the application registration for product X when I should be using it for product Y. And so, as I mentioned a while, like I'd love for you to say, hey, here's the JWT.MS decryption of the token that you're seeing yeah. as I go through. Oh, okay, yes. So, there, there, so there's a couple issues coming down the pipe yeah, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. that you can look into, right? So, so, so my point for this, I know you think about all these <laughs> listeners, where do they go to tell you this? So the best place is, uh, so we have a short link, so it's aka.ms slash graph slash proxy. 
So that'll take you to our GitHub repo. So everything proxy is open source. Uh, we have issues list on there. You'll see things that we're you know planning on working on. One of the things that we you know we really want to uh, get to people is we build off your feedback, and we have done uh, already. Uh, you know several uh, features that we've added. The, the process, um, you know, hooking into a particular process or application. That was a, a feedback request into the issues list, and we are looking for feedback to to build our our roadmap. And you know, we just we just need to know the different scenarios, like what you just mentioned, um, of where the proxy can can help, um, and you know, prioritize that um, as well. Um, because as much as we can work on features, if it's real feedback and you have a real use case and you can use this in your work, then that is something that we're going to definitely Excellent. look into. Excellent. And so um, the other thing I saw Waldex face on a blog post about again, again. <laughs> apparently you don't even hit the publish button. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the global hack is what I'm calling yeah, it. So teams. The, yes. okay, so teams what is that? Hack. So what is so this? on June one through June fifteen, coming June, we're going to organize, and we being being Microsoft and and community, we're going to organize a virtual hackathon around building Teams apps. So basically, the, the idea is right that right now, as we you know, we're recording that, we have this great event ECS, and then build tomorrow also today actually in the US, <laughs> it's already now right oh, yeah. right. So we will have these two great great events where developers all over the world will be able to learn about the latest investments that we've done towards building apps on M365 and Teams, right? But then again, why stop at learning through announcement? Like, why not put that everything you've heard in practice and actually get this hands-on experience? Like, build demo um, collateral that you can show uh, colleagues or customers, inspire them, experiment with new tech, and all towards like, well, you can learn. And you also stand, stand, stand a chance to win a cool prize. Well, there you go. So like, you cannot lose, you can only win. Excellent, and so how do folks participate in that? So to do that, you will need to go to aka.ms, like we are really big on these links. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's aka.ms slash hack dash together dash teams. Hack dash together dash teams. And I'll put the link you in go there. there you, yeah. will, you will get um, a reg form, go through it, there, there, there is legalese to it, so just like click next, next, next. next. <laughs> oh, like installing SharePoint back in the day. <laughs> next, 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 finish. Yeah, yes, we will need, we will need <laughs> a few things about you. Yeah, like your GitHub uh, account, name, email. Why? Well, because if you win a prize, nice. we want to be able to send it to you. So that's why. But other than that, it's a really great chance to meet community, meet MVPs, meet uh, the product groups, because they are there. They are there to help everybody and answer any and all questions you might have about building apps for, for teams. Yeah. Yeah, and meet other devs as well who are kind of, you know, building on the platform maybe the first time as well. Um, you know, you can hack by yourself or you can join in with the team as well and, you know, bring bring your friends along. Bring, you know, bring your family along. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> is welcome. Bring your mom along. Yeah, exactly. Wait, how do I get on Wildex team though? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, that's great. So I thanks for both of you taking the time. Um, again, uh, the GitHub issues list for the proxy and... Graph that. Uh, what's the URL again? Hack together. together dash teams. Dash teams. That one teams. rolls off the rolls top. Off yes. the top. But again, so obviously, we'll get the links in the show notes. So thanks both of you for doing this, and look forward to catching up again at the next moment in six yes. months or so. Yes, yeah. totally. Yeah. Thank you so much, Paul. Cheers, Paul. Thanks for listening to the Microsoft 365 Developer Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at M365DevPodcast and check out our show notes at www.m365devpodcast.com. 
To help us spread the word, we'd really appreciate it if you could retweet our episode tweets and give us a review on iTunes. 